For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. If we take all these verses we just read together, you can sum them up in one statement. A witness is a person who tells the truth about Jesus Christ. That's it. The disciples testified to the things they knew to be true about Jesus. And above all, they testified to the truth of the resurrection. Amen? Let me, let me give you this example. You don't have to be a theologian to be a witness for Christ. You don't have to go to Bible school or seminary. You don't have to be a missionary. You don't have to be a preacher. You just need to be a witness. It doesn't require a college degree or a high IQ. Just tell the truth that you know about Jesus to anyone who's willing to listen. That's where witnessing always begins. Just tell what you know to be the truth. The truth as you know it. Amen. There are some things you don't know. There are some things I don't know. And it is okay if you're asked a question you don't know the answer to. It's okay to say, I don't know. But this one thing I do know, and then go on from there. It's okay. You will grow in your knowledge as revelation comes from the Holy Spirit. And six months, six years, whatever down the road, you will know the answer to that question you didn't know in the beginning. You see, a witness just shares what he has experienced. I have a friend who's been witnessing to an acquaintance of ours for the last year or so. They spent many long hours discussing what it means to be a Christian. Because the acquaintance believes that if you aren't Jewish or Muslim, then here in the United States, you must be a Christian. And recently this person asked, what do you think I am? Meaning, do you think I'm a Christian? My friend said, no, because you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It was blunt. It was to the point. It was truthful. So now, instead of discussing about being saved, they're discussing 
what it means when we say that we know Jesus Christ personally, on a personal level. That concept seems incredible to the people of the world. They do not have a category for understanding our words when we speak like that. To them, saying that you have a personal relationship with Jesus is just like saying you have a personal relationship with Christopher Columbus. How do you have a relationship with a dead guy? The answer is easy. You don't. You can only have a personal relationship with someone who's alive. And that brings the entire conversation back to the resurrection. Either Jesus is alive or he's not. If he's alive today, then you can know him just as much as you know your parents, your neighbors, your children. You can know him deeply. You can know him intimately. You can know him personally and have a relationship with him because he rose from the dead and he's alive today. Hallelujah. Listen to John chapter 1. We, we referenced this a minute ago. John, I'm sorry, First uh, John chapter 1 verse 1. That which was from the beginning which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Basically, John says, I saw him, I heard him, I walked with him, I touched him after he rose from the dead. John is testifying to what he knows. Verse 2, the life appeared. We, talking about the disciples, have seen it and we testify to it. We proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has now appeared to us. Amen. There's three stages to look at here. First, Christ appeared on earth. Two, we experienced him personally. And number three, we now declare him to you. You know, every salesperson, every person in sales knows you can never sell anything you do not believe in. Have you ever heard the expression, this guy could sell ice cubes to Eskimos? In other words, he is such a good salesman, he believes in his product, and that's what people are looking for. People can tell a mile away if you're just reading from a manual or rehearsing some memorized presentation. The best salespeople are those who believe in what they are selling to the point they're not selling anything. They're simply talking about what they know to be true. I know. I was successful at insurance sales for years. One of the top producers for this company nationwide. Continuously earning spots on the Eagle Board and, and earning free trips and conventions. I believed what I was selling. I believed it was helping people. I was knowledgeable about it. 
All because I believed in the product I was selling. I didn't try to sell anything to anyone. I would simply lay out the options. It's option one, option two, option three. Which do you like best? Whichever one they chose, that's the direction I generated the conversation. I'd show them the ratings of our insurance company and compare them to any other company they wanted to look at. I carry these huge books around in my briefcase just so I could do that. I took it to every appointment. The clients could tell I believed in the product. They could tell I believed in the company. They knew, they could tell that I was knowledgeable and I believed in what I was saying. I wasn't twisting facts and figures, trying to look good. I was honest. I was up front with them. And the client usually bought for me rather than someone else. They might put you off temporarily and say, well, we got another appointment. We want to see what they offer. And probably 75% of the time, I get a call back saying, we want to do business with you. Why is that? Because these other people were trying to sell. They were trying to make their product look the best. They didn't really believe it, and the clients could pick up on it. They didn't explain things the way I did. They didn't show them comparisons to other companies. The clients believed what I was telling them. And they believed I knew what I was talking about and that I was telling them the truth. And it's the same way with the gospel. If you have not experienced Jesus, you can't be a witness for him. Amen. You cannot tell somebody about something you do not know. If I tried to explain nuclear fission, it'd be a sorry explanation. Amen. If I tried to explain physics or chemistry, I wouldn't be able to do it. And as I attempted to do so, the listener would you know you might be able to fool a kindergarten kid or first graders but you get a college student he could tell within the first 60 seconds whether or not you were being truthful and you knew what you were talking about and it's the same way spiritually when you talk about Jesus if you don't know him it's going to be evident to the person you're talking to you can try but it's going to come off sounding like a canned presentation. You know, you've seen people walking around. They come knocking at your door. You open the door, and here's this guy standing in uh, usually a, a suit. Well, back when, you know, not so much anymore, but back 20, 25 years ago, you know, white shirt, black tie, kind of rumpled sleeves. And, Do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? We would like to introduce you to him that you could be just like us. You're like, uh, no thank you, we, we're not interested. Okay, have a good day. You know, you're not, those were people who did not believe in what they were doing. Amen. But you get someone knock on your door who knows Jesus. You know, they don't come off by saying things. 
Do you know Jesus as your personal Savior? Now, they'll come off with a, a question. You know, do you like what you see happening in the world today? Do you know there's an answer for every problem in this nation? And his name is Jesus. And I've come that you may know him the way I do. Would you be interested in hearing that? And they say no. They say, do you, do you do realize that we are living in the end days and that soon judgment is coming and everyone is either going to be in heaven or in the lake of fire? You do realize that, don't you? And if they say, well, yeah, that's true, then which one are you going to be in? Where are you at in this picture? And you'd be surprised at the responses you get. Well, I don't know. Well, do you want to know? Would you like the guarantee? See, when you witness like that, you draw them into the conversation. I've said this for, oh gosh, 20 years now. Anytime someone, you know, the typical greeting in the United States is, Hey, how you doing? You hear it at grocery stores all the time. How are you today? Right? My response, probably 95% of the time, is I'm blessed, saved, and going to heaven. How about you? And you should see some of the looks I get. For the believers, you'll know when you get a believer. Because their response is going to be, oh, I mean, their eyes light up, their face shines, and they say, me too. Amen. And then you'll know also when you get a non-believer, because they don't know how to answer that question. They'll stutter around and mutter something like, uh, yeah, okay. Or some of them just look up like, what? And then you know you got someone to witness to. Whether or not there's a line or not, while they're ringing you up, that one to two minutes you're in front of them, you need to have, you know, in sales it was called the elevator pitch, a two to three minute pitch that you could give whoever you're talking to wherever you're at. And you need the same thing witnessing for Jesus. You need about a 90-second to two-minute pitch that while that cashier is ringing up your groceries, you can be witnessing the gospel based upon their response. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm blessed, saved, going to heaven. How about you? Uh, 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 huh? Let me tell you about Jesus. And then you go on. See? And at the end of the transaction, don't waste people's time. You can leave a track. You can leave a card. You can just leave the thought. But you've planted the seed. You've done what Jesus said to do. You were a witness for him. Let the Holy Spirit do his part. Amen? What a difference it will make when you share from the depths of your spirit what Jesus means to you. That's the best kind of witnessing. If you know Jesus... You can talk about what he's done for you. You can share how he has changed your life. You can tell how he guides you day by day, throughout the day. How he gives you strength to face trials and courage to conquer your fear. You can tell how he found you in your sin and gave you a brand new life. Let me add one word of advice here. 
you don't have to convince anybody that they need Christ. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Just like with the cashier at the grocery store. You don't have to, you know, hold up the line and say, You need Jesus! You need to repent of your sin right now, young lady! No, you don't need to do all that. Just plant the seed. She opened the door. Hi, how are you today? Well, I'm blessed, saved, going to heaven. How about you? She looks up like, huh? What? And then you start your 90-second presentation of what Jesus did while she's ringing you up. If she wants more information, like, really? Wow, I never thought about that. How do I find out more? You can give her a business letter. Say, call me when you get off work. Or hand her a track. Say, read this. My number's on the back. Call me if you need any, if you have any questions. It's easy to do. You're not holding up the line, but you're being a witness for Jesus. Amen? You planted the seed. Let the Holy Spirit do His work. There is a big difference between telling and selling. If you do the telling, the Holy Spirit will do the selling. Amen? You can't do his work, and he will not do yours. Remember the first law of spiritual life. He's God. You're not. Amen. (laughs) So be it. First law. He's God, and you're not. Amen. So just tell the truth about Jesus. Tell how he's changed and impacted your life. And then pray like crazy for God to make your friends hungry, your family hungry for Jesus. Point number three. A witness remains loyal to the end no matter the outcome. In Greek, the word for witnesses is, I'm going to try and pronounce this, my Greek isn't that good, martyres, from which we get the English word martyr. It means being loyal to Jesus no matter the cost and speaking up for him even when others oppose you. How many of us today are willing to do that? If you took a poll in church today, (coughs) excuse me, if you went to any church and took a poll and asked if there was a gun to your head That if you said one word about Jesus, how many of you would still witness? And you'd be surprised. I would venture to say 90% of all Christians would back down. Well, you know, Brother Bob, uh, we may lose that battle that day, but we'll win the war in the end. We'll be a witness for Jesus. We'll just live our life for him. We'll let our light so shine before men. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. We see Muslims all across the globe, including the United States right now. They're in the news almost every night. You see them boldly proclaiming their faith in Muhammad and Allah, even if other people don't want to hear it. They're faithful to their cause. 
They believe in what they are saying. Now, I'm not promoting the Islamic faith. What they believe is dead wrong. And they will go to hell if they do not find Jesus. But they believe in what they're saying. And they're very bold when they declare it. And they refuse to back down. How many Christians are like that? Now, I know Muslims would kill you in a heartbeat for defaming their prophet, especially in some areas of the world. But it's also happened in the United States. Is that the reason you do not want to witness to the Muslim world? If that's the case, what kind of witness are you then? You're not telling the truth on the witness stand. You're not telling what you know about Jesus on the witness stand. What if you had an opportunity to witness to a Muslim that visited your church or a Muslim that was a clerk behind the, the grocery store or the convenience store or the gas station? Would you be bold enough to tell him to his face that what he's believing in is a lie? And you just can't leave it there. Well, you know, you're believing in that Mohammed fella, and you know that's all a lie, and that you're going to hell unless you got Jesus, and then pay for your gas and walk out. That's not being a witness. What you said is true. You spoke the truth, but it's not being a witness. Amen? I mean, I could say, Lord, give me wisdom. I could say Wednesday is going to be Saturday from now on. And you can tell everybody you know. Brother Bob said Wednesday is now going to be Saturday from this point forward. And what you said would be true. I did say that, but that does not make it the truth. Amen? You have to know what you are saying is true. If I knew what I was saying was a lie, but I said it anyway, and it gets spread all around the world, what people were saying would be true, that I did say that. But it would not be the truth. And that's what you see in Islamic nations among Muslims. They say what Mohammed said. What they are saying is true. Mohammed said that. But what Mohammed said was not the truth. Therefore, they are believing, if it wasn't the truth, it's a lie. Therefore, they are believing a lie that Muhammad said. Amen. They do not know the truth. So, would you be bold enough to tell this Muslim grocery clerk or whatever to his face that what he's believing is a lie? The answer is probably not. 
you know, we want to make him feel comfortable. Uh, you know, we don't want to offend them. We want to let our light so shine that it would draw them to us. You don't want to say anything that offends them. Now, I'm not discussing witnessing techniques here. That's not the purpose. But what this shows is we can be intimidated about witnessing for what we know to be the truth about Jesus. And if you're intimidated and not doing it, that's a bad witness. If we do not have the same martyrs spirit or the martyrs spirit. It doesn't say anything good about us or who we believe in. If you're not willing to die or suffer persecution for what you know is the truth, then you are not a good witness. As much as I disagree with what the Muslims are saying, I have to admire their boldness. They are witnessing for the Muslim faith. You can't fault them for that. They believe a lie. We know the truth. But they are willing to suffer instead of denying what they think is the truth, while we just capitulate, roll over, and say, okay, 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 we won't talk about Jesus no more. Now, how can they find out the truth if we don't tell them? Answer that. You can't. If you're going to be a witness for Jesus, that means being loyal to the end. And that will make you very, very unpopular in the world today. Oh, I, I receive messages all the time that I'm hateful, that I spread hate. But guess what? Everything I say, I can back up with Scripture. Glory to God. You may not win Employee of the Year. You might even be passed over for promotion. Or you may even lose your job. And if you lost your job because you stood up to be a witness for Jesus, do you think Jesus won't give you another one? Probably a better one? Well, what am I going to do between now and then, Brother Bob? Trust in the Lord your God. If you're remaining silent on being a witness because you're afraid, we don't have the spirit of fear. Amen. That means you have a spirit of fear. What is holding you back? Amen? What kind of Lord would Jesus be if he did not provide for those who witnessed for him? Yes, it could cost you dearly to be a true witness for Christ. In the early church, believers chose death rather than to deny the name of the Lord. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to die for Jesus Christ? Since most of us will never be called upon to do that, here's a much harder question to answer. Are you willing to live for Him instead? If dying for Christ may not totally appeal to you, amen, if dying for Christ may not totally appeal to you, taking that type of stand, can you live for him instead? 
I read this poem somewhere. I can't remember where. I had it in my notes. I pulled it out. It goes like this. I am a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb. And shall I fear to my own, or shall I fear to own his cause, or blush to speak his name? Must I be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease, while others fought to win the prize and sailed through the bloody seas? Are there no foes for me to face? Must I not stem the flood? In this vile world, a friend of grace to help me on to God? Sure, I must fight if I would reign. Increase my courage, Lord. I'll bear the toil. I'll endure the pain supported by thy word. Amen. Do you want to be a witness? Testify about Jesus. What he's done for you. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God.